guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. I, well, first of all, I guess I should say happy Martin Luther King Day. Very important to stop and recognize that. Every, did you guys watch the movie? Oh my God, what was it called? It was called like My Friend Martin. Hold on, I gotta look this up. You guys know what I'm talking about. Let's see, my friend. Yes, my friend Martin. Our friend Martin. I'm so sorry, from 1999, not rated. We used to watch this every year from like, it had to have been from like second grade to fifth grade. The day, it was either like the day after or maybe like the Friday before Martin Luther King Day, we would sit and watch the same animated movie about this guy who is like from the 90s, I guess, but goes back in time and like meets Martin Luther King. And I, not the point. Anyway, I it like, you know, I was going to say like, why did they show that to us like three years in a row? But it stuck with me. At age 24, it stuck with me. So maybe that's the reason. I don't know. But you guys, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen it, I hope your school educated you on Martin Luther King in other ways. (laughs) Anyway, I've got a lot. I've got a lot that I want to sit and talk to you guys about today. I had quite the week. Where should I even start off? Okay, you know where I'll start off? I went to the movie theaters this week. And I know I said last week that I used the rainstorm as an excuse because I'm very lazy and I didn't go to the movie theaters to see Iron Claw, but I did this weekend. And I'm speechless. I actually wrote down, you know, I kind of like this day and age where it's okay. Like people can be on their phones in the movie theater as long as you're not like the sound's not on. You're not really, really bright. Like I took out my phone to take some notes and no, no old ladies yelled at me or whatever. I took my notes during it though, because I wanted to have stuff prepared to talk about here. I'm not going to give away any spoilers. I will say though, this was a beautiful movie I saw it when I went at seven o'clock last night it's three o'clock the next day and it's still all I've been thinking about I seriously think that it is the best role Zac Efron has played to date and the way like so let me back up here you guys know I've talked to I've talked about my friend Steven before and he's very into movies and all that kind of stuff and that's my movie friend. You know, he's taught me a lot. Like I look at things a little bit differently since we became friends. Like I caught myself paying attention to the camera angles, the editing, like everything that was done in post-production. The directing was just beautiful. It was an absolutely beautiful film. There was one point everyone was so invested. We all of us like went, ah, and like, ah, jumped back at the same point that's how you could tell that people are in it but or into it it's sad guys I'm sure you've heard that it's sad it's sad um people told me beforehand oh my gosh you got to see it you'll love it so much but it is sad and I wasn't I still wasn't expecting the level of sad 
that it actually was. It is a gut-wrenching story. And the wild part is that it's based on a true story. So, or inspired by a true story, whatever they say. So things happen and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like I could see this coming. Like, of course they like, this is just Hollywood writing or they have to do this for the plot. And it's like, oh no, that actually happened in real life. You can't, you literally cannot make it up. But let me get out my notes here. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, skip any ones that give away spoilers. My first note, amazing directing. Okay. We already went over that. My, my second note, six foot two Zac Efron, my ass. There was a point where, so this is not spoiling anything, but if you're not familiar with, with what Iron Claw's about, it's about like WWE wrestling, or I guess before it was WWE. It was, it's about like what NWA, National Wrestling Association, whatever wwe type of stuff so they're doing like a little promo video for a match and the main guy's name is kevin so they're like at six foot four 230 pounds like blah 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 and at six foot two 220 pounds or 22 pounds kevin von eric and i'm like ah i know zach efron's on six too you know Zac Efron's not 6'2". Zac Efron knows he's not 6'2". And he especially did not look 6'2 in this movie. This is the shortest I've ever seen this man look. Maybe, maybe we could have left that part out. I know in real life, the Von Erich brothers were all very tall. I'm pretty sure one of them was 6'7", which is just absolutely wild. But from a directing standpoint like maybe we just don't put that part in because that was the only part of the movie where I was like you lost me for a second (laughs) six foot two Zac Efron no 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 (laughs) anyway note three oh I'm gonna skip that because that's a spoiler number four I wonder what Zac Efron's diet and training routine was for this movie he well Jeremy Allen White too Jeremy Allen White looked large I've never seen this man that it certainly was no Lip Gallagher. I'll tell you that much. But Zach Efron, we've seen him. We've seen him in Baywatch. Just just on a regular basis, he tends to have some some clear-cut abs. This the only thing that I can think of was literally like he went through like a bodybuilding or wrestling diet, like definitely restricting himself in some sort of ways veins were popping out his abs were popping out in ways that I've never seen him but it really fit the part like he looked exactly how he was supposed to look he looked like a wrestler I'm not sure how he feels about that but I just wonder and then I have to wonder like I don't know because I've talked to you guys about how I don't think bodybuilding is like a healthy sport per se with the amount that you have to restrict yourself and all that stuff like like that's where it's like movie like actors and stuff get paid so much money and sometimes we're like or it's a little bit ridiculous but this affected his life outside of just acting you know what I mean like he had to follow this diet and exercise routine for his work And I'm just very curious. I want to know what it was because it looked like that man was hitting, I don't know, 
I will say he probably, whatever his exercise routine was, he probably could have hit legs a little bit more if he wanted to be proportionate, but I get that. It was not the goal. Shoulders, biceps, but I've just never seen Zac Efron look like this. People were like, oh my gosh, Baywatch. I'm like, no, this is more insane than Baywatch. More insane than Baywatch. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip number five because that's a spoiler. Number six, Zach would do phenomenal in bodybuilding for sport. Enough said. Number seven, all I wrote was Ric Flair drip go woo. Because that's all I could think of. What is, well, I don't even know what that song is. Hold on. Is it Ric Flair drip? Yeah, it must be that. But that's all I could think when Ric Flair was in the movie. Um, where was I? The fight scene between Ric Flair and Kevin Von Erich was probably the best scene of acting I've ever seen from Zach. Yes. Yes, period. That's that's all I could say. Like the amount of emotion that he portrayed, he really, really got into that character. And that is so far, so far beyond Troy Bolton. I'll tell you that. Not a, not a Lily James fan. She didn't do horrible in this movie. I just don't really fuck with her. It's just my own personal opinion. I thought it couldn't get worse and then it did. Number 12. I feel so fucking bad for Kevin. So fucking bad. Number 13. I'm going to skip. Number 14. This actually may be Zach's best role yet. I know it should leave me happy with the ending scene, but it still left me heartbroken. Last one. Even the ending credits have me fucked up. That was one hell of a movie. I'll tell you that. It was one of those that's like I went home and I Googled the Von Erics for for hours. For hours. That like everyone did so phenomenal. What a brilliantly cast movie. Before I saw it, I was like, really? They're going to try and pass to me that Jeremy Allen White and Zac Efron are brothers? Okay. And then you watch it and it's like, why would you ever, why would you ever question that? Of course they're brothers. <laughs> of course they're brothers. Duh. Amazing. If you're lazy like me and you don't go to the movie theater, I would highly recommend getting off your ass for this one. That, whew, what a movie. What a goddamn movie. It is comforting to go to Zac Efron's Instagram though and realize that that's not his real haircut. It is. That's some weird hybrid coconut head Troy Bolton. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's my little, those are my two cents and basically the only piece of TV that I watch besides a few episodes of um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week. But I have a story for you guys. And I think, I think you're going to, you're going to like these two stories. My parents are unhinged this week. They're off their rocker. And I told them that I would be talking about this in this episode's podcast or this podcast episode. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. I've been having a not great week. I'll, I'll leave the details out of it, but I've just been super stressed. I've been like under a lot of pressure, you know, I'm just not feeling great. And my mom had let me know that Poppy was on sale at Costco. 
And if you've been following me on Instagram, you know I'm all about the prebiotic sodas. Those are my shit right now. My dad's got the Costco card, though. So I texted him and was like, hey, after work, can we go to Costco? Or can you go to Costco and get this poppy? And he was like, why don't you come with me? So I was like, all right. I knew I knew it would bring him joy. So we go to Costco. Everything's fine. We grab what we need. We're having a grand old time. We get in line and the register that we were at was right in front of the little food court thing. So my dad's going on and on being like, the only good deal here is the hot dog. Everything else so expensive. $9 for a roast beef sandwich. Mm -mm. The only good deal is the hot dog. So I'm telling him like how me and Tamara went to Costco a few weeks ago and I was like, Tamara, don't do it. And he was like, what is such a good deal? I'm like, it's not the deal dad it's the fact that it's a hot dog from Costco it's gonna do bad things to your stomach anyway we check out and he's like do you want a do you want a cookie and I'm like yeah I want a cookie yeah sure and then I look and I'm like oh it's 750 calories for one cookie maybe I don't want that cookie and he was like ah forget it forget it so we start to walk away just out of my mouth I'm like remember when you used to take us to Costco and BJ's and stuff as a kid We used to beg you guys to get us like the ice cream or the churros. And he's like, oh, do you want to get ice cream? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I do. When, when do I not? So we go over to the little kiosk. He's like, what do you want? I press it in and then I pull out my phone while he does his thing. And I look up and I'm like, you bought a fucking hot dog. And he's like, shut up. I'm like, all right. (laughs) all right so meanwhile Tamara's texting me and she's like oh what'd you guys get so I told her and she was like oh send pictures so we sit down we get our food we sit down and my dad goes to put his his toppings if you will on his hot dog and he comes back and he's like watering out of one eye both of his eyes are closed he's like he's a mess right now in the middle of the Costco food court I'm like dad what is wrong he was like, I started to have a coughing fit. I tried to cover my mouth. I poked myself in the eye with my napkin. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Naturally, I take a picture. The, I guess the burning subsides. We eat, I eat my ice cream. He eats his hot dog. Everything is great. We go to leave now. And he stops in his tracks with the cart and just looks at me and goes, I threw out the receipt. And you know how at Costco and Sam's Club and all those club stores, they have to check your receipt to make sure you're not like stealing anything. Yeah. He looked at me with these, oh, I fucked up eyes. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just like, what? And he's like, I threw out the receipt. And then he turns because we were right next to the like customer service kiosk. And he just looks at the woman and goes, I threw out my receipt. The woman is cracking up. She's like stifling her laughter. She's really like, and she just looks at him and goes, I can't do anything about day of purchases. I don't even know why. I don't know what the reasoning was, but she was like, you got to go to that kiosk over there. So we turn around and my dad's like, I got to check the garbage can. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So I take out my phone. This man's searching through the garbage can, pulls out like three receipts and none of them are his. I take a picture, send it to Mara. I'm like, is it, does it get lower? 
the going through the trash can out of Costco in the food court. I don't know. Not a not his best moment, but we go, we get it figured out. We're waiting. We're by the kiosk. Some guys like I, I'm totally butchering this part of the story right now. But basically, we're waiting by the kiosk now. And my dad, he has this lingering cough. So every once in a while, he's letting out one of these like <clears throat> types of coughs. Another patron looks at me, not him, and goes, "Stop coughing and not covering your mouth. Disgusting." And I'm like, "Oh my god." So I'm like, dad, stop coughing and not covering your mouth. And he's like, ah, it's not a, it's not a germ type of cough. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Cover your fucking mouth. <laughs> we get it. She walks away. We get it all sorted out. The final cherry on top of this Costco trip. He walks to the wrong car and tries to open it. But it doesn't stop there. We then find our actual car, put the stuff in. He goes to put the cart back and he goes back to the wrong car. The whole thing. I was like, Dad, this is not a good Costco day for you. It's hilarious. Despite my lack of laughing right now, I think it's because I've told the story too many times that I don't have it in me to laugh anymore. It's hilarious. But I was like, buddy, you got to go to sleep. (laughs) Today is not your day. But I needed to laugh like that. I was laughing so hard. My stomach was cramping. My stomach hurt. And I just looked at him and said, Dad, I've been having a bad week. Thank you. I needed that. And he was like, yep. (laughs) Glad I could help. So that's where my dad's at. Let me get this off the microphone for y'all. Now, my mother thought that she was, she probably thought that she was going to get off this episode clean, but she's out of her freaking rocker too. The other night, I'm getting ready to leave the house. I'm going out to see my friends. And my phone's downstairs. And me and my mom both have sparkly silver cases, but hers is like, they're clearly different. Like mine has the MagSafe thing on the back. It says Kate Spade, New York. It's very chunky glitter. Hers is not a chunky glitter. My phone is also humongous and hers is not this size simply. But I have it so my Apple ID is on all my Apple devices, like my iPad, my Mac, and my phone. I leave my phone downstairs and I go upstairs to go get, I don't know, something. Choose, I don't know. And I see that I'm getting FaceTime. And I'm looking for my iPad. I see it's for my friends, Hunter and Ishi. My mom's met Hunter once, never met Ishi. I go to pick up and she's on the line. I'm like, Ma, what are you doing? And she's like, hi, Hunter. I'm like, oh my God, get off, get off. And Hunter's just sitting there cracking up and she's like, what's up guys? And I'm like, mom, why are you get off? Why are you on my phone? And she's like, this is my phone. And I'm like, mom, turn the case around. This is not your fucking phone Two, Why would my friends, one of which you've never met, have your phone number and be FaceTiming you? And she's like, I don't know. And doesn't hang up. I had to hang. Like, finally, I think they hung up. But I was like, get off the phone. (laughs) I like to pride my parents in the fact that they're like, they're good with like social media for the most part and technology. Like, my parents are in their early, mid 50s and they don't act like it. 
or look like it for sure. Like they, they've got some youth in them. But the picking up the phone thing, this, I was like, you just, you just tacked on 10 years, mom. Don't let, don't start slipping now. You're doing so well. I did need the laugh though. I wasn't like genuinely mad at her. I was just like, get off. And she was like, mm, no. I was like, oh my God, what are we doing right now? I need an apartment. <laughs> I don't know. You know what though? I'm very grateful that me and my mom are in a good space right now where I can like, like in high school, I probably would have been pissed at this. But now it's like, I could be like, mom, get the hell off my phone. And she'll be like, no. And we just have that type of banter. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. But yeah, <laughs> that's essentially how this week went. I wish that I had somebody here to tell that story, those two stories with, because it's definitely much more funny when somebody's reacting to it. But hopefully that gave you guys a laugh. Um, we have lots to talk about today because I have a fantastic interview with Caitlin Miller for you guys. But before we get into that, we have to get into the rest of our podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. All right, let's get into some highlights for the week. Um, as you guys know, I have been kind of dealing with a shoulder injury, so my upper body workouts have not been the best, but I'm going to give my, let's see, I'm going to give my weekly, my health and fitness related highlight to the fact that I went to hot yoga this week. I hadn't been since before Christmas. The Christmas week itself was just a little bit crazy, and then because of my shoulder, I didn't want to push it. But I've been really, like I said, I've just been so stressed out and yoga is so calming to me. I just freaking love it. Um, so I decided to just go and modify things, you know, and really do the chaturangas. There was like half binds or anytime I had to basically put my hand, like if I had to interlock my hands behind my back, I didn't do those. Took a little bit slower, but it was still such a good sweat and it's such a nice place little yoga studios are the best so same thing with like my gym too where you just walk in and everybody everybody knows your name they were on to something with that theme song um that's definitely my health and fitness related highlight though honorable mentions because why not i did some sprints so i have been up in the cardio a little bit intensity wise on my upper body days just because the upper body days themselves have not been intense. I burned 80 calories during my upper body workout today, okay? Because there's not much that I can do and I'm really trying to be careful and not make this thing worse. So I've been doing the runs plus walks on the Peloton app. And those things are great because I don't need to be running distance. Like I don't need to do a 20, 30 minute run, but just some short sprints fantastic my heart rate gets high I did a little 30 minute guy burn like 300 calories and it's a great way for me to get moving and I don't know I just I've told you guys this but cardio is very boring to me so doing it on the peloton and being able to do things like earn badges and connect with other people is very uh motivating to me so that's another highlight and then 
my third place honorable mention is we actually launched our in-person training at Kingdom this week. If you are in Jersey, you can go follow us at, at Kingdom Elite Health on Instagram and you can sign up to work with me or any of our other trainers, but hopefully me because it's my podcast you're listening to. Okay. I'm kidding. Um, but I am really excited to get more back into more in-person training. So that's not so much of a highlight, but more of a PSA. Now, my non-health and fitness related highlight I think it has to be seeing Iron Claw. Yeah. That movie was just so good. And I'm not going to get into it because we already got into it for a good 12 minutes. But I'm just going to end this by highly encouraging you guys again to go see it. And just me and my, me and my cousin went. My cousin is an only child and she felt rocked to her core. It is a beautiful movie. And we're not, okay, I'm going to cut myself off before we go any further. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for this week's highlights. Now let's get moving along into our interview with Caitlin Miller. All right, everyone, I'm here with a very special guest today. My very first guest of 2024. I'm joined with Caitlin Miller today. How are you, Caitlin? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's probably a lot better where you are than where I am. It's like 28 <laughs> degrees and just finished oh, snow God. raining over here. Oh, it's like it's cooler today in Florida, but it's probably like 60 right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. So um, for those that don't know you or don't follow you, you recently moved down to Florida. From, yes. where Were you from the Northeast or? Yeah. So I moved from New Hampshire. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm used to your weather, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, much different here though. Um, the winters are beautiful. Yeah. I was going to say, I remember your pictures of you like bundled up and you're like nose all red and like your oh head warmer on when you were running. And Night when you said you were moving to Florida, I was like, you know what? Good for her. She needs it. <laughs> I know it's, it's much different, but it's, it's been nice. The summers are very hot though. Yeah. I will say. Yeah. What inspired, like what made you move? Was it work related? Was it just, I'm sick of running in the cold related? Yeah. I mean, I knew I wanted to change. I'd lived in New Hampshire my whole life and, you know, I've been to Florida before. I loved it here. I wanted to be by the beach. Um, and I just wanted the sunshine. I am such Mm a warm weather girl. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I living in New Hampshire when I don't need to be? Um, so, I mean, it's been amazing for me, for my business. Um, so Yeah. Did you move down here with like any siblings or family or friends or did you just kind of send it like I'm I'm going out there? No, just me. Literally all my friends are back home in New Hampshire. I mean, I mean, several here now. Um, But yeah, no, it it was a huge move. It was just me. I'm in that position right now where like I would love to move to Los Angeles, but I'm because I love it out there. I know that like that's where I'm supposed to be. The idea of leaving like everybody behind is scaring me so much, <laughs> but I know, like you oh said, it's like, why you am I living do it? Do it. Like you're so young. I know for me, like, you know, you don't have anyone tying you down. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, it was just, it's like, you know, you can always move back. Yeah. It's not like you're ever stuck there. And that was kind of my perspective on it. It's like, yeah, I can go down and hate it. And if I hate it, I can always move back. Right. Um, but like you, you'll never know. Right. Yeah. Have you made friends down there? Yeah. I mean, it's a great community here. Uh, <laughs> That's what makes me community. nervous. 
I'm like, how do I make friends? Yeah. I mean, I also have a roommate, which helps oh, too. So that's just like an automatic like friend that you have. And she's yeah. actually from Florida. So oh, nice. she knew some people here, which then I was introduced to as well. Um, but I mean, yeah, of course it's scary moving to a new place, but you'll, you'll find your way, girl. You'll <laughs> love it. I know. I love talking to people like you that have gone and do it or done it because I need all of the positive like reinforcement in my head. And I, and I sit down, I talk to people like you and I'm like, you're going to sit in New Jersey freezing your butt off forever. If you don't just bite the bullet and go, I know, just do it. I mean, you'll never know, right? That's true. Don't, don't ask what if just go for it. That is very true. So you mentioned how it's been great for your business down here. I know a little bit about your business, but for those who are listening, what is it that you do and how did this whole thing come about? Yeah, so I own an activewear company. It's called Exponential Athletics. It's an apparel company. It's made specifically for runners. So we create everything very much specific to like distance running, marathon runners, um, which is kind of like, you know, my big niche yeah. um, myself. But yeah, I mean, moving to Florida was just a great change for the brand, Um I mean, we've really taken off since getting here. I think just, you know, content wise and, yeah. you know, new people we've met um, and, you know, the business has really started to take off. Um, but yeah, I was actually my undergrad. I was actually a math major. So oh, could not be me like being a business owner. <laughs> um, and I just I realized like I didn't want to be a teacher and it was kind of like a little crisis that happened in my life. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Me right now. Uh, and so, you know, I really had to think about it. And then I ended up graduating with my degree. I went back and got my master's in business administration. Nice. And then I did that for, it was like a one-year accelerated program. And then after I graduated with that, I started Exponential Athletics in January of 2022. Wow. Wow. So it's only been like, what, two years? Yeah. Right. That's crazy. crazy. So what what goes in your mind when you're um, creating new pieces? Because I had on Sammy Bossard a few weeks ago who owns Petula, but Petula is very lifestyle and like mm. weightlifting stuff and yours is very running specific. So when you're like creating a new piece or a new line, what are the first things that you take into consideration? Yeah, I mean, so I design everything myself cool. literally since day one. I was designing everything myself and you know, I think just coming, like being a runner myself, you know, I always was so annoyed with my running apparel. And I literally made a list of things like this is what my apparel needs to have. And I have like a list of seven things like it needs to be functional. I mean, our, our big three things is functional, flattering and comfortable. Um, but, you know, it's running specific. So things that I had struggled with in the past, like my leggings always falling down on my runs or my shorts. Yeah. Falling yeah. Um, not having pockets that were either big enough, properly placed, uh, pockets that, you know, you could literally hold your phone, your keys, your gels, you know, especially as a marathon runner, you have tons of gels and things with right. you. I've run every single one of my marathons since launching my brand right. in Exponential Athletics. I carry awesome. my phone in my pocket. I have my gels in the other, and I do not have to worry about my, my shorts falling down or my leggings falling down. Um, so that was huge for me, you know, little things that you don't even think about, like having a front seam, no camel toe when you're running, yeah. um, even having like small little things like reflective detailing so that you're seeing on the road when you run. Um, so just little things that, you know, 
I could maybe find it in one pair of leggings, but then that was missing something else. And then these pair of leggings, like, oh, they didn't have a front seam, but they would fall down. So I wanted to create something that was just so niche to runners that had everything, you know, it wasn't like, okay, these are great, but I have to compromise this. You know, I didn't want to compromise anything. Yeah. I totally get that. And I feel like as far as athleisure clothes, like not running specific, things have come a long way in the years since I started going to the gym. I'm sure you had probably the same pair of Gymshark leggings that everybody had in like 2017, but it's like, I haven't seen, and maybe it's just cause I'm not in like the running niche, but you're the only one that I've seen taking steps to specifically make like runners more comfortable. Cause I grew up and I ran track and stuff and it was just, you bought from like Nike or like new balance, like the major companies who didn't need to care about yeah. like much about their products because people were going to buy from their name anyway. Right. And I mean, I really, I mean, I say it all the time, but we really are, we are changing just the standard of running apparel in the industry. And it's so funny because people, you know, when I started, they're like, oh, you're getting into such a saturated, um, you know, thing like apparel is so saturated, which is true, but running apparel specific to runners, that is not a saturated industry no. at all. In my opinion, it was always something I had trouble with. So if it's so saturated, why can't I find anything else? Um, so that was, you know, that was big for me. Cause I think, you know, people will tell you like, Oh, it's such a saturated industry, but it's really not, it's not saturated with niche pieces made for runners. Yeah. And I feel like it's good for you guys because it's, it's like, these companies don't come out with running specific stuff. Like you just said, and I feel like everybody deserves to feel cute. I always say when I like, I feel my best in the gym when I'm wearing like a nice, cute outfit, if I was running a marathon, which will probably never happen, but if I was, (laughs) I would want to feel my best because it would just put me in the right headspace running. So it's like, it's so important. Yeah. And I think you should never have to sacrifice functionality for comfort and style, you know, like I, I can maybe find a pair of shorts that like maybe wouldn't fall down, but like, dang, they were ugly yeah. and I did not want to wear them. So it's just, I like the look you know, of your why stuff. Do you always have to sacrifice something. Yeah. I like the look of your stuff. I feel like growing up and in high school and stuff, like all my running clothes or sneakers or whatever were always like bright colors, just like blotches <laughs> of like bright, like shoes would be like purple and orange and like yeah. it's nice to see you just have like simple friendly <laughs> design like nobody needs to be wearing neon orange <laughs> <laughs> if they don't want to be I know I know oh my gosh so what got you into running because you grew up playing softball and I believe you played softball in college right yeah I was a softball athlete in college um I didn't like ever compete in actually my senior year in high school, I did cross country for one season more so just cause like my friends convinced me. Um, and I really did enjoy the season. It was great, but like, I wasn't really running after that. You know, I went to college, I was, um, playing softball. So that was like my main focus. And then my senior year, my roommate, actually, she convinced me, she's like, you should really do indoor track. Cause I would run just kind of like on the side she was like, you should do indoor track. Like you'd be so great at it, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'll just do it. It's my senior year. So I was a walk-on on the team and I loved it. Like I had a really good season. I was able to advance and that kind of really sparked my love for running and just the competition. And 
like, I feel like doing a marathon was always kind of in the back of my head, but you know, when you're a collegiate athlete, you don't right. have time to train for a marathon as well. Yeah. So once I graduated, I was like, okay, this is, you know, the one time in my life now, finally, where I could actually train for a marathon. So I did. And I loved the process. Like I just loved training for something so performance-based right. and yeah, after I did that, it just blossomed. The rest yeah. is history. <laughs> So what's the best marathon that what's the best marathon you've ever ran in, but what's the marathon that you've had the most fun running in? Um, Probably the answer to both of those would be Boston. (laughs) You have some crazy times. Like I, one of my best friends ran the New York city marathon. And I just like, I remember seeing her time. Then I went back to your Instagram bio. Cause I was like, I know she has it. And I was like, I could just never move like that. Like I cannot move that fast or for that long. I mean, I used to think I couldn't either, to be honest. Yeah, true. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think my most memorable and just the best marathon in Boston, actually this past year, um, 2023, Boston's just, you know, it's an iconic race, of course, but that was the first marathon that I broke three hours. And, you know, to me, that was just always something that just seemed so impossible and, I don't know. It just like, to me, I was like, Oh my God, only elite athletes can do this. Right. And I set out my goal to do it. And then I ran two fifty nine fifty six, So yeah. <laughs> barely made it. Um, yeah, and I just it. feel like that. Yeah, it was, it was like a crazy day and it was just kind of like an out of body experience. So what do you do after that feeling? Like you finish, you, you cross the finish line, you go on like your recovery walk, you get handed your medal, whatever what is going through your mind and what is going through your body at that moment? <laughs> well, first off, you don't, you're not really walking. You can barely walk. Um, <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, yeah. You know, I think after Boston, I was just, you're kind of in a daze, you know, you just ran 26.2 miles. You're a little, a little out of it. Um, I do remember though, after Boston, one of my clients actually, she texted me immediately after. And I, once I crossed the finish line, I didn't actually know if I broke three hours because the gun time and like your chip time is different. So I remember coming in, it was past the three hour mark. And, but I knew that that was the gun time, not my chip time. So like your chip time is when you cross the actual start line. Cause you know, there's thousands of runners, so you're not going to start when the gun goes off. So I wasn't sure if I had actually made it. Um, and then my client like immediately texted me. She was like, oh my God, 259.56, you did it, sub three. And then I just started like breaking down. Right. I was like, I can't believe I just did it. Like, so yeah, it was a very emotional day, a good emotional day, but um, definitely lots of emotions. That's probably, that would be my answer. If I was in your position, I think I would just start crying. I think I would yeah. and just start crying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're crying of happiness, a little bit of pain. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. It's like you said, it's a very emotional day. Yeah. You know, and I think too, you, you put like four months of training into yeah. one day. That's the thing about, you know, marathons and running and, you know, races like five K's and 10 K's, obviously those are super hard. And, you know, you put a lot of work into those, but you know, a marathon build, that's like four months of you dedicating your life to one day. And, you know, the day can either go great. It can go terribly. So, you know, when you have a great day, it just, it means so much more. And it's like, wow, all of my hard work paid off for this one day. Yeah. It's probably very different, I guess, growing up from 
the experiences that the I and you had playing team sports where you have a season, you know, it's any yeah. college you have, you're working your butt off, but you have X amount of games in a season and X amount of time right. to team yourself. Right. Yeah. It's very different. I think too, like, you know, running is so individual. I mean, it's a team sport in many ways, but you know, it's not like basketball or softball where it's like, there's a whole team out there. Um, you know, running it's, it's you, it's literally all you. So, yeah. so how do you train? Um, cause I remember back when I started following you, like one of the first things I noticed that was really cool was that you ran long distances, but you also supplemented that with weightlifting where a lot of the people that I know that run don't do like running is just their choice and that's all they do. How do you train like with resistance training to enhance like your running performance? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, hybrid training is always something that I've been super passionate about. And I mean, even now, like I'm training for Boston now and, you know, lifting is a huge part of it. I think it's something that, you know, you see so many distance runners get injured. And I mean, I knock on wood have yeah. literally not been injured ever. Um, I mean, I've had like minor aches and pains, right. but nothing that has like taken me out. And I really do credit that to lifting, um, to strength training, but yeah, I mean, the lifts that I do, you know, they're running specific, but you know, obviously you have like your compound lifts and then a lot of like unilateral exercises. Cause you know, with running, you likely have some sort of, you know, your form isn't perfect. You probably have right. some muscle influences going on. Right. Um, so, you know, very running specific work, um, just to kind of, you know, help with like your hip flexors, your glutes and everything. Um, because running, you know, is a lot in your glutes, it's in your core, it's your quads, it's everything. Um, so the weightlifting really, really does help with that. Yeah. Do you do any sort of like mobility work or yoga and stuff? Cause I know running can really tighten up. Like you said, your hip flexors, your glutes, your hamstrings. Yeah. You know, I've never really been like a yoga girl. <laughs> you, I mean, you do balance a lot. I don't know how much more types of exercise you can throw in there. I mean, I do try to stretch. I definitely do. Um, I always stretch before I run and I always run before I lift, um, which I do think helps. So it's like, you know, when I go into my lift, I'm already very much stretched out. And in some ways it's like, I feel like the lift kind of helps with the run almost stretch out your muscles a little bit. Um, yeah. but then going into the lift itself, you're already much looser just cause you know, you stretched and then you ran and now you're going into your lift. Um, so I do try to stretch before I'm not always the best at stretching after, but I do try and I do phone all of us. Yeah. That's all of us. We try. We're not the best. <laughs> We're just out here trying. <laughs> I know that's my, listen, I'll warm up before any workout. I do my, I love doing yoga, but I'll definitely make sure I warm up. But when I'm done, I'm going home. I'm not, I know. I'm like, I'm hungry. It's time to eat. <laughs> I have like a limited time of window that I, and it's just enough time for me to get in my car and drive home before I start to get like hangry. Yes. For stretching. That's my excuse. No, I, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So do you kind of eat a, cause I'm like not very familiar with running for like as a sport. I ran in high school, but I was not good didn't take it seriously and probably didn't have the best coaching. How would your diet kind of compare when you're training for a marathon to like someone like me, who's into bodybuilding and stuff? Like, do you follow the same sorts of? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd say I probably eat a very similar diet to you in terms of, you know, trying to keep my protein high. 
Um, I don't, I mean, I don't track, but you know, I loosely track protein just to make sure that, you know, I'm hitting my protein goal. I would say the biggest difference probably between you and me though, is that I eat a ton of carbs. Um, so like, you know, I think just with running, I mean, for me personally, I love having a high carb meal before I run. Uh, I love carbs after I run. I just feel like when you run more, your body naturally craves a ton of carbs. Um, so I definitely have a very, very high carb diet, (laughs) but I mean, it's what works, you know, and it's what helps me perform my best. And, you know, even before races, you start to carb load. And, um, so I'd say, you know, the biggest difference is probably just, um, the amount of carbs that I'm eating. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Um, what was I going to ask next? I just lost my train of thought. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I get a lot of comments from girls. I remember one time I was hearing a conversation between two of my friends and, you know, just people just thinking they know everything that they need to know. And this one girl was like, I really want to build my glutes, but I love like running for my cardio. And my other friend was like, don't run, like, don't run for your cardio. You like, if you want to build your glutes, you cannot run. And I feel like, yes, there's a balance between cardio and what you're eating and weight training. If you're, you're, goal is to build your glutes but what is your opinion on that statement and kind of balancing the two (laughs) yeah I mean I think I mean obviously it's like you said you know there's a balance I mean if you just come only ran you know and you're not building muscle and you're not eating enough and you're not recovering like yeah you're probably not going to grow your glutes um but I think you know it all kind of comes down to like what your goals are I think at one point like before I really started running I was super into lifting um I was always kind of more into lifting before I really got into running. And I think just one thing that I really like about running is it's really just kind of changed my perspective on, you know, lifting and just myself and like my body. It's like, I don't go to the gym to try to grow my glutes. Like for me, it's like, I want to run my fastest marathon and I'm going to train like an athlete. I'm going to run to help my training. I'm going to lift to help my training. And I really don't care about having a snatched waist and big glutes. But I mean, you know, everyone's different. Right. And that's totally fine. I just think that, you know, training for performance is much more rewarding for me, but I mean, yeah, to answer your question, I'd say, you know, if you're completely outrunning yourself and then you're not building muscle and you're not recovering, then yeah, you're probably not going to grow your glutes. Um, but that's not to say that if you run, you can't grow your glutes. That's not true at all. I think what you said points it out perfectly is you're you a marathon runner, you are going to the gym and you're weightlifting and people see that, but you're weightlifting in a way that's going to enhance your performance. I think a lot of people just see like, oh, well, she's a marathon runner and she's really thin and he's a marathon runner and he's really thin, not realizing like, not that you're doing it on purpose, like to be thin, but it's like you're training and you're eating in a way intentionally that you're like, you're not focusing on building your glutes, you know? Yeah. I'm focusing on running my fastest race. Yeah. I think people see that and they're like, oh, marathon runners, they're naturally lean. I cannot run. If I run, everything's going to go away. And that's a huge misconception, especially with sprints. Sprints are mostly like power muscles, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you see some of those track athletes, like they're built. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It always surprised me when I, so I ran like hurdles, short distance in, uh, high school and my coach wouldn't let me pick up a weight like he was like the yeah I this stuck with me 
like my junior or senior year of high school, he was like, your goal is to run your fastest time. And the more that you weigh, like the more it's going to hold you back and hold you down. So you cannot like be weightlifting during the season. And now that I'm older and wiser, I'm like, that, especially no sense. (laughs) Yeah. That makes no sense. I mean, also having more muscle is not necessarily going to slow you down. Anything would make you faster. <laughs> I'm like, if my quads had the strength back then and they did like they do right. now, I'm sure I would have been a few seconds faster. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think there's a huge misconception like with running that like, oh, if you're lighter, you're going to be faster. And it's just not true. Like if you're strong and you have endurance, that will help you be faster. Yeah. Um, the endurance so. part is what gets me. I, it, it like, <laughs> and I'm sure you know this feeling. New Hampshire when it's like cold outside you know when you're running and it's it just burns you like you know what I'm talking about that is to me one of like the worst feelings like kind of burning like your lungs yes like I'm like I can my legs fine but every time I breathe in it's just that cold like stinging air Yeah. I feel like I used to be like that, like when I started running, but honestly, I really haven't felt that way in years. Like even when, like, I, I think just like once you keep running in those temperatures, like it's really not bad. I mean, I trained for Boston 2023 all in New Hampshire and in like snowstorms and 20 degree weather, like it was crazy, but I don't know. I think like once you start to train in it for a while, like I would never get that anymore. That gives me a shred of hope, honestly. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> just stay consistent with it. I'm sure it will get better. I ran, I, I ran a 5K once. I don't, like, I, I would do a 5K again. Like, I wouldn't be against that. Any farther than that starts to scare me. <laughs> do a 5K, do a 5K. I also didn't train for it at all. I went into this thing not knowing, like, I knew how to run. Like I knew how to move my feet. I had played sports my whole life. My friends were, were, I did it with my two friends. They're like running on the treadmill inside. They're like getting ready for this thing. And I was like, I can't be bothered. Like, I'm just going to go into it. (laughs) And it was the first, the first mile and a half was great. The last, like whatever I was like, I don't love this but I need to keep going because I need it to be over (laughs) no I mean 5k's and like 10k's those are hard I honestly avoid them because in my like those hurt because 5k's are so fast like right like where a marathon like you can go at a slower pace but a 5k oh my god and I mean that's something that I think a lot of people they're like oh if you don't run a marathon like you're not a runner like that's just not true at all in my opinion I'd rather run a marathon than like a 5k or 10k I could not I could not but you're very right and I'm just remembering back to my track days it was like they would say the 800 was like the hardest race because the way that it's paced so have you I'm gonna assume the answer is yes but have you ran like five and ten k's before yeah so like so when I was in college um that was my event. I was, I was the 5k. Oh my um, God. That did, was your event. Yeah. Oh. And it was I'm like sitting here too. complaining. Was 25 <laughs> laps. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting here complaining about the one 5k I did. No, I mean there, but like, it's so true. Like in track I did, it was my first season. So my coach literally had me do like every single event. I did the 5k. I did the mile. I did the 800 by far. I did the 400. 
800 was the worst. Like I thought I was going to pass out. It's just that, that distance where you're basically sprinting, but you're sprinting for half a mile where like, at least with the 5k, you can pace yourself a little bit more. And the 400 is like a full out sprint, but it's only one lap. The 800 is just like that middle distance where it's terrible the whole time. Yeah. I've never run one. I heard many of people talk about how much they hate it. And I was like, oh, I'm hopping over little hurdles. Right. <laughs> so how do you pace yourself? Like, cause you said it's, and it is different. How do you pace yourself for a 5k versus like pacing yourself for a mile? Like if you're, or not a mile, um, a marathon, like if you're setting up, like, what do you, you set your boundaries for and like your goals? So, I mean, I think it kind of comes down to like what your goal time is. Um, so like for CIM, California International Marathon, my goal was a 255, um, was to go sub 255. And that was a 640 mile where like with a 5k, I mean, I have not ran a 5k since college. Um, but you know, obviously like that would be like a sub six minute pace would be like my goal mile. So that's kind of how you would break that down, I guess. Just kind of think about like, okay, well, what's my goal pace? And then what do my splits need to be? Okay. That's, that like blows my mind. Like I said, my friend ran the marathon we were um, waiting for her. I think we were at mile eight or something, which I was like, is sickening to me because I've never even ran (laughs) eight miles. I don't even think I've walked eight miles. (laughs) I don't know. But they were like, oh, she's doing really well. She's at like a seven, seven, 10 split pace. I'm like, I've just never, I don't think I've ever ran a mile. That's like sub nine at all. And you I know mean, what? it's fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> For so long, I used to like on the, the chances that I did run, I'd post it like my little Apple watch um, thing. And I would purposely leave out like the time or like a split time. Cause I was so scared of people like coming into my dms and being god they wouldn't i know now i'm like you know what i declare myself as not a runner this is not my specialty when i want to do it you guys are going to see my 12 minute pace (laughs) i mean you'd be surprised though like really fast marathoners like their easy pace is literally a 12 minute pace wow okay that makes me feel better i i my goal is like I think I just need to build my endurance because I'm genuinely scared that if I had to run for my life, like I would not do well. Like when my adrenaline ran out, like I would, I would be dead. You should do it. And I mean, I think like with running too, you know, just set a goal to run like X amount of minutes a couple times a week. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to go out and run five miles or I need to go out and run three miles. Like you don't need to put it based on miles. Like when I started running, it was literally based on time. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to try to run for 15 minutes today. I'm going to try to run for 20 minutes. And like, I think too, why people can't stick to it is like, they're like, okay, I'm going to go run for 20 minutes. And they like book it for 20 minutes. (laughs) And it's like, just run a sustain, a sustainable pace for you. Um, and if you do that, you know, you'll build up your aerobic base. I think that's what a lot of people do wrong is that they don't actually like do their easy runs easy. They're just trying to like run way too fast. Like, you know, my easy pace is like around an eight minute mile for, you know, like my easy days. And then my marathon pace is a 640 pace, right? So it's like, you know, you have to keep your easy days easy and then keep your hard days hard. Yeah. Um, that's what helps you. That's what builds up your aerobic base, not just like 
killing yourself every single time you try to go out for a run. Right. So. And that's like, I like that you brought that up. Cause I talked about that a little bit on the episode on my podcast episode that came out today, like when we're recording this. Um, and I was talking about having like quote unquote bad workouts and not every workout is like, it's not realistic or attainable in a gym setting, let's say to hit a PR every workout. You're not mm-hmm. going to be like unbearably sore after every workout, but you're not supposed to be. Otherwise your yeah, body is exactly. going to recover. Exactly. It's I mean, it's the same thing with running. It really yeah. is. I mean, if anything, you're, you know, like with running, like with my schedule, you know, I have like a speed workout every single week. If I take my easy runs way too hard, I'm going to have a terrible speed workout. So like for me, like I keep my easy runs easy so that on Wednesday on my speed day, like I'm ready to go. My body's recovered. You know, like your easy runs have a purpose. You're not supposed to die. Yeah, no. (laughs) You know, you're supposed to keep it easy. You're just building your aerobic base. And then then on your speed day, you know, you'll go hard and you'll try to hit your paces or whatnot. Yeah. It's definitely a mental barrier, especially for people like, like us who are competitive and like constantly trying to outdo yourself. It's like, all right, this will be better in the long run. If you take the easy day, take the rest, like take a, a, a reset week, you know, and Mm -hmm. instead of being go, 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 which is something that I kind of struggle with. No, I get that. I was the same way, especially like when I started running, I definitely ran like all my easy days way too hard. Um, and you just don't progress as fast. So do you, because I know you mentioned you do coaching and stuff when you're training for right now, like let's say you're training for, cause you're training for the Boston marathon right now. Are you coached by someone or are you creating your own training plan? So I've actually always created all of my own training plans, um, up until now. So I literally just got a coach. Um, and so he's actually like the official coach for BPN, which, um, I'm an athlete for BPN. So it was just kind of like the right decision. I feel like it really came at a great time. Um, and I was even thinking about it before CIM, before I even met, um, my coach now, his name is Jeff Cunningham. He's amazing. He literally coaches Olympic qualifiers. Like he is great. Um, but I even remember while I was training for CIM, I was, I feel like I was getting to the point where I was starting to doubt myself a little bit, um, just cause my goals were pretty lofty yeah. and, you know, sometimes it's nice to just have a coach tell you what to do yeah. rather than, you know, second guess yourself. I mean, obviously, you know, me coaching myself has clearly worked to this yeah. point. Um, let's see what you could do with somebody else, like over your right. Shoulder. And I think, you know, just having someone else, yeah. you know, just having another head, you know, it's great. And I think just with my future goals, it just felt like the right decision at this point to just, you know, like I'm really going for some big goals now. And I think just having someone else who you can really just trust and just another head, I think it's great. So, um, he is coaching me through Boston. Nice. Well, let's, I'm excited to see what he can do with you. I used to think like back when I was a baby beginner, I'm like, Oh, what type of coach, like, why should I sign up for your personal training service or whatever when you're coached by someone else? And then I, as I've matured and grown, I've realized, you know, you spend so much effort putting together other people's plans, checking on other people, like making sure that they're sticking, you know, their guidelines that sometimes like you just need to have somebody else like with expertise tell like Absolutely. you need to give yourself a break and we can always stand to learn. Exactly. I mean, coaches need coaches and the best coaches had coaches before that. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, just because you're a coach, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm the best and I can't ever learn more because my methods are the only methods that work. Um, And I mean, even just having him, you know, he's really opened my eyes up to already just new things that, you know, I didn't necessarily prioritize before. So it's just so great getting another head. And, you know, I love talking to other runners. I'm sure you love talking to other lifters, you know, just getting ideas from them and seeing the way that someone else does something, um, which, you know, doesn't make you any less of a coach. It just, you know, if anything, you're just learning so much more. I think it's nice when you have somebody to hold you accountable and to like push you as well. Like you said, with, with the self-doubt that comes in, it's very easy to, you know, slow down or like in my case, like not do that extra rep because you're unsure. And when you have somebody who you have to like report back to or somebody over your shoulder, we can all stand to use somebody like that. No matter if you're, you've never like ran before or you're the fastest person in the world, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, sometimes I think just a coach too, is just someone that, you know, you believe really trusts you. And like that in itself is so helpful, you know, just, you know, doing something because you know that someone trusts that you can do that. Um, you know, just that mental side, I think is so big. Yeah. So you seem like a very athletic person, obviously, and you train for <laughs> athleticism and stuff down the line, like maybe, I don't know, maybe like a retired goal or something like that. Would you ever do like a, like a triathlon instead of just marathons? Yeah. I mean, people always ask me like, Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, when are you going to do a triathlon? (laughs) Okay. Well, number one, I literally am terrible at swimming. Um, (laughs) So there's that. I just like, don't really swim. I think I just don't really have a huge interest in doing that. It's not that I don't like biking or swimming. I just, I love running and, you know, I, you know, I still have so many goals with running. Um, that I want to hit down the line. So I think by, you know, you can either go full in on, you know, your running goal or, you know, you can dabble into something else. And I mean, maybe like when I'm older, like once I kind of just retire from like doing the marathon, I think it could definitely be something that I would get into. Um, but right now, definitely not. I like, you know what? I like that answer. I like that answer. (laughs) Because it's very easy to have people be like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You'd be so good at doing this when you don't necessarily want to. And right. I'm very bad at like, or I've gotten better at not putting an egg in a million baskets. Like, Yeah, that's the thing. And I mean, it's not to say that like, I couldn't be good at the triathlon. It's just, it's so not like boy. my primary focus right now. And it's not what I want it to be. So it would take away from your primary focus to start. It would. Exactly. It would take <laughs> away from marathon training. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day. I like, I love that answer. <laughs> so what's besides the Boston marathon, what's kind of newer on the horizon for you for exponential athletics, like anything exciting coming yeah. up? Oh my God. 2024 is going to be a huge year. year. Nice. Um, so in February, actually, I am running the Mesa half marathon in Mesa, Arizona. Oh, so that would kind of be like a build up to Boston. Right. Um, just like a nice tune up race. I'll also be running the Boulderthon half marathon, which is in Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Have you ran up there? In September. Yeah. I actually ran Boulderthon last October. Right. So fun. Oh my God. Boulder is beautiful. Have you been? No, I haven't been. Ugh. I'm just wondering how you run with that elevation difference. Oh yeah. It was hard. Um, were you that race? So 
I mean, I adjusted my pace based on um, the elevation. So like I was trying to run like a 645 mile versus like my regular half marathon time would probably be around a 630 mile. And I did end up running. I ran like a 128, which came out to like a 644 mile. So it wasn't like a a PR for me. My half marathon PR was like a 127. Um, but I mean, incredible race. It was just yeah. so awesome. But yeah, like you could feel it by mile like nine or 10. I was like, oh my God, this can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I've but never, I will say it was nice coming from Florida. Cause I mean, at the time, Florida's just so hot and humid that like when I got there, I was like, oh my God, this is a breath, breath of fresh air. Cause there's no humidity in Colorado. It's a dry heat. So that like initially when the race started, it was like 40 degrees. Oh my God. I was flying. I was like, I feel great. Not affected by the altitude at all. Um, but I mean, I definitely started to feel it towards the end, but you just, I love the air. I've never been outside in Colorado. I've literally only landed in Denver and got back on a plane for the first time in October. And I like, I could just breathe. Yeah. Arizona's the same way. It's a dry heat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so different. It's so interesting. And I think it's funny too, because like what I didn't realize too, is like where, you know, where you're from too, the humidity makes the cold feel colder, which I didn't ever realize dry heat, like 30 degrees in Colorado does not feel like 30 degrees where you are. Um, so it's, it's so different. It's interesting. Yeah. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of things. Yes. And then then we're also going to be hosting run clubs this year for exponential athletics. So we'll be hosting one in Mesa when I go down for the race. And then actually right after Mesa, I'm actually going to Boulder, Colorado. We're hosting a exponential run club there. Um, And then we have plans to kind of travel around the U S. Wow. That is so fun. I traveling like my favorite thing. I hope you have great turnouts. If I was into running, then I would be there, but I don't like to run yet. Hey, if we're in Maybe. your area, I will let you know. Okay. If you're in my area, force me to get off my butt and run a little something. I mean, they're like, they're little group runs, like they're little yeah. shakeout runs. It's literally like three miles, oh super relaxed paced and two to three, two to three miles. All right. All right. I could do it. Easy pace. Like, and plus I'm telling you, like when you run with people, when you're running these groups, like yeah. the time flies and it's so fun. Um, and we'll be like partnered with other brands and shops. So it's just going to be awesome. so much fun. I'm so, I'm excited for you. This sounds like you, I mean, I've been following you for a while and you've literally just been going up and up and up and up. And I Mom. love everything. And you're like, I just love everything you stand for. It's like, you have such Thank a perfect you. mix of athleticism, like femininity, like you're doing everything by yourself. It's, it's been so awesome to watch you. Thank you. You're killing it as well. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I'm going through uh, what you've already surpassed. You're at my quarter life crisis right now, but I will figure it out. Are and you? I'm, yeah, just the same. Like, I'm doing my job right now, but I don't think that that's what I want to do forever. Like, I think, like, I'm more. Are you, are you like full time personal training? No. So I work in marketing full time. And I think that. Okay. Like, that's kind of the route I want to go to. It's just, I mean, you know how it is. It's a little bit scary when you're like, oh my God. okay, yeah. I'm going to break from the safe path that I worked my whole life to go down. But I just know like if I could spend eight hours a day, every day in a gym, fine. Like, let me be, I'll, I'll have a great time. <laughs> right. I think too, like 
you know, if you want something, you just have to go full in on it because right now, you know, you're putting all this time into your marketing job, but think about if you put those hours into creating something that's completely yours, um, you know, you'd be shocked just how much you could accomplish and get done. Yeah. That's why it's great that I follow people like you too, where I'm like, okay, she did it. I can do it. Like it's feasible. You can. Do it. You absolutely can girl. First you got to move to LA. I know. I know. First you got to <laughs> move to LA and then you have to bring your run club to LA and make me go outside. Oh my God. We definitely <laughs> will. LA would be a great spot for a run club. Yeah, it would. All right. That's I'm part one. You're part two of that plan. Yeah. So once you move, <laughs> let me know. And then we'll come down. <laughs> That's your perfect plan. Um, I don't want to keep you for too, too much longer. Do you want to tell everyone where they can follow you on social media and exponential athletics on social media? Yes. So my social media, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I'm also on YouTube. Um, they're all Caitlin Miller underscore fit. And our exponential IG. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. Make sure that you're following the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. Subscribe on YouTube and watch my other blogs at Liz And then follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Liz Oh my god! Sign up to online train with me. Sign up to in person train with me. Patula mystery bags are live. At least they like I don't think I mentioned. Yeah, so well, that would bananas be bananas with those, that. if you will. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Happy, well, thank you so happy. much for joining me. Absolutely. Sure. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you next Monday. Sure.